Welcome to No Shame in the Home Game, the podcast that cares about how your house feels, not how it looks. I'm Lacey, your co-host, work in progress, we'll call me. And we have Sarah, your host and actual knowledgeable person. I am also a (laughs) singer impersonator. You are? No, like I like to I like to impersonate like I can sing, but I really really (laughs) can't sing. I'm like, do you do a Celine Dion? No, like I impersonate a person who thinks they can sing. I love it. I was going to share with our listeners what I did when I when we first got on this call, which was (laughs) my callback to my college days with Insane in the Membrane. I took the rhythm of that song and I did no shame in the home game. (laughs) That's going to be in my head for the next seven days. Yeah. So my name is Sarah. I am the co-host. We have our first participant podcast. We are going to be following Alex in her journey. And hers is interesting because she's in a transition. She's going from working full-time to being at home with her daughters full-time. And so their home needs to reflect that. Yes. And I love the concept of transitions. We're always transitioning, whether it's a micro or a macro, but the idea of when you move in with your partner is a big transition point. When you bring a child home or an animal home, that's a transition point because you're transitioning what has to be done, what needs to come into the house, what tasks need to be done. There's so many layers to it. I love that Alex was willing to share this transition with us because as we talk about in the episode, they had a pretty established rhythm during the week, Monday through Friday with going to work, the kids going to daycare. And now it's completely different. And so the house was reflecting the old system, not the new system. And so I love that she was willing to share with us where the pain points were in this. Yeah. Because we often were so just like in the now of, okay, now I'm doing this, now I'm doing that. And then we taking that time to stop and actually take stock of, oh, where do I need to put this bag now? Or how many times am I coming in and out of the kitchen now? Or how many more dishes am I producing? So yes, truly reflecting on those transitions of life. In this first episode, we're just going to get to know Alex a little bit. In the timeline of things, this is actually right before they make that transition. So a little foreshadowing for you. You're going to get to know Alex and her home and her family a little bit in this first episode. In the next episode, you'll get to hear about how the transition is going. And Sarah's going to give some suggestions. And then later down the line, we'll get to hear how these things turned out for Alex. Full transparency, Alex is one of my dearest friends. So you're going to hear us reference that as well throughout. I want to put an asterisk on you said, see how it turns out. Because one of the things about this work is there is no end point, actually. (laughs) Because the kids are going to get older. They're everything, like things just keep changing and changing. So turns out is like a very relative time frame. But we'll see, yeah, we'll see through the course of our time with her where we start and where we end up. Alex, I'm excited for you to meet Sarah. I know Hi, I Sarah. told you a little bit and really just went off on a tangent and you're like, I don't really know what you're asking me, but sure. I'll let Sarah go more into her and what her magic is. Alex, it's very nice to meet you. What I do is I help people manage their homes easier. So 
not only do they have more time for the things they want to spend their time on, but so that hopefully they can enjoy their family a little bit more because your home should really feel good and be your place where you come back to restore yourselves. But so often there's just miscommunications or there's not systems in place. And so that's where I like to come in and help problem solve and help people. If you want to tell us briefly your name, just in general, where you are, and also all the living beings in your house. And that includes any animal that you have to feed and take care of regularly. (laughs) Cool. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Alex. All the living beings in our house would be me, my husband, my 12-year-old half of the time, uh, and then our four-year-old all of the time. And then we have a two-year-old who is not hypoallergenic, so sheds a lot. Your two-year-old sheds? No, the dog. The dog. I think your internet cut out just enough that made it sound like Babs was Cody. I was like, no, I mentioned a dog. I didn't. It cut out. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Okay, so you have a dog. How big is the dog? She's 30 pounds. Okay, so one dog. Okay. Your family of origin, you grew up in this house where you think all these rules are absolutes. When you think about some of them make a lot of sense and you just don't think about them. And then some of them, when you go in and you start living with somebody else, either a roommate or your partner, you realize some of the rules don't make sense to the other people you're living with. So did you discover, I'm just curious if you discovered any rules that you realized once you lived with somebody where you went, oh, not everybody does that. Was there ever anything like that? Oh, good question. I don't know. That's okay. There was not the right one. My parents are incredibly clean people, ridiculously. And so their expectations are very high, no matter how clean my house is. My dad will come over and just start cleaning something or buy cleaning things. And he brings them over, as does my mom, whenever they come over. It's I just, would be they, so offended, but <laughs> I grew up with them. So I know. <laughs> it's, but it's all I've learned as I've grown up how insane it is. Like just they'll take up like a Christmas dinner. They'll just take plates away. If you go to the bathroom and start cleaning them and you're like, I wasn't even done. So, I, so that's great. So if you would call their parents growing up in your parents' house, let's call that a level 10. So do you recognize that? And have you downshifted how you operate your house as far as that level of cleanliness? Mine definitely does not keep, if they were a level 10, I'm probably a level five, but I am someone who the places people will see when they come over, I like clean. Now, if you open a closet or go to the basement and open a storage room or open a cabinet or a drawer, there's not a lot of systems in play there. And then what about your house? Where my parents house, everything, like every Christmas decoration container, the cleaning supply cabinet, everything had a system and labels and very specific ways it was all put back. And when you may, when you started running a household with your husband, if you came from a household of 10 and you feel like you're now at a five, where do you feel like your husband came in with that cleanliness organized? <laughs> I saw your uh, face. He grew up he a negative 10. <laughs> yeah. His God love his mom. He's one of eight. 
and his dad like worked night shift. I don't think he was coming from a very system run. His mom also babysat their whole life. And so it was like not just eight kids, but I don't know, so many kids. So I'm pretty sure Janet gave up on a clean house at some point. Now, Lee likes things generally organized, but he's not like when I watch Marie Kondo, I still roll my clothes in a dresser. I was like, that's the best idea ever. I'm going to do this. I tried to do it for my husband. He was like, no, this is not going to be happening. He likes things to look clean, but he doesn't need everything organized. So he's he probably came from a level one and he himself was like a three when we met. And Alex, the fact that you think you're a five, I'm like, Ooh, I'm like a negative 12. <laughs> yeah. When you said you were a five, I was like, I get the feeling you're actually an 8.5, but you <laughs> compared to the rest. If you, so it's all a spectrum. And you yeah. compared to everyone just in the United States, mm-hmm. I would bet you're more of an 8.5. This is very rudimentary numbers, but that's the thing is it's what feels like good to you. And so when you have a partner, it's good to find those numbers closer. So when you, yeah, for me, when I go to someone else's house and their house, I don't know, it has laundry sitting out or what I do not care. Honestly, I'm probably more comfortable at someone's house when I feel like they haven't made some effort to clean up for me or anything like that. I think for me, I just love my stuff in my house so much that I want it to just like stand out. Like I love all my artwork. I don't want a pile of clothes taking away from it when I look at it because it brings me so much joy. Like Mm. I love my couch. I don't want toys on top of it taking away from the beauty of that leather. No, and that's a beautiful motivation rather than just an arbitrary because it's supposed to. It's because I want to enjoy these items I have selected. Mm -hmm. And along the lines of just things either you grew up with or things that you carried over into your own home, do you have any non-negotiables as far as the way your house is run or maintained, like the toilet seat must be down or uh, laundry no. is always Honestly, done. the bathrooms are probably my worst area. People are just going in there to pee. It's fine. Like they don't need to be anything crazy. I am pretty big on the making of the bed every day. I really hate coming home from work and the bed is not made. Doesn't have to be perfect, but it like, needs to be put together. I don't know why it just looks cozier that way. And I read that one book a thousand years ago. I can't remember, but it was like, make your bed. And it said successful people make their bed in the morning. I don't know why that stuck with me, but really does make you feel good. First thing you do when you wake up. That is one thing I'll get mad at Lee if he does not, if he's the last one in the bed and didn't make it when he got up. Okay, that's a By that's mad, a I just tell him, go back up and make the bed. <laughs> Does Lee have any non-negotiables that you don't maybe understand, but you go along with? He is particular about things outside. Okay. Which I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I've seen these things on, I thought it was just him and me. But then TikTok Reels introduced me to like, oh, and you're having a party and you're like, hey, hon, we need to clean. And all of a sudden they're cutting branches off a tree in the back of the yard. And you're like... <laughs> No one's going to go look at the tree. Tell me a little bit more. I got that the 12-year-old is part-time. The four and two-year-old, where are they? Are they in the house all of the time, part of the time? Like, what's their flow in the week? We'll be transitioning to them staying home with me full-time. 
They tend to be in daycare during normal work hours, so 8 to 5.30. They've always been in school since maternity was over. So yeah, we'll be transitioning to our first ever experiment in staying home with them. And it should be and fun. you just transitioned as well. Is that correct? So this is my first week not working full time. And I took a fun week in between to just chillax before they are done with school. And have you always worked full time pretty much your adult life? Yeah, there were a few moments in there when I was full-time grad student and teaching assistant, but yeah, always kids were in daycare regardless or in school. So being home, being home, this amount is a new journey for you, correct? Yes. Many moons ago, I was a teacher and had summers off, but that was forever ago. And I had one kid halftime during that time. Weekends. Are you, do you typically go visit family? Do you have activities? Are you home a lot on the weekends? What do you average? Yeah, I don't know if there's such an average weekend in our lives. Like right now, my son has soccer. That's been going on for five weeks. So we've been home more than we probably are just to make sure he can go to those games. But usually we at least do one day a week out at our cabin. Then when we are home, yeah, it's like soccer games. My husband has a ton of family. So we usually see them at some point, go up to my parents' house at some point when we can. We probably don't like chill in our home all that much on the weekends. Okay. So Alex not- is a doer. We mm-hmm. joke that I'm a home person and Alex is a doer. So it's, it's going like- and doing things. If we are home, we're out in the backyard or the weather is crappy and there's really no nowhere else to go. I want to hear about one area of your home that was operating really well, really smoothly, never any hiccups. And those are harder to recognize because they are running smoothly. And then if there was one area that was like always a bumpy road, like for instance, never having clean dishes, never having food for dinner, things like that. So is there something that comes up? Oh, no, we're always on top of food. That's no problem. Or does anything come up for you as a success in an area that was sticky? I feel like the bedrooms are very successful. We make all the beds in the morning and that's not a big hassle. We keep them fairly minimalist. The kids have like toys and stuff, but They're never super disorganized or I never feel like, oh my God, there's just so many toys everywhere. I'm tripping over my life. I feel like the actual like bedtime bedrooms, third and second floor feel pretty, pretty solid spaces. And then the, I don't paint, I don't know how you pain points a pain that, point or a sticky, or if there's anything yeah. that ever was a tension, like you always, that you felt became a tension point between either you and your spouse or you and your kids or you and yourself, whatever would drain your energy around household management. I feel like everyone, most moms would say the kitchen because the kitchen is also a laundry room for us. It's got a stacked washer dryer in it. Our kitchen is not a bad size. I feel like it's a good size kitchen and we are not people who cook and need a bunch of elaborate counter space. But I do get, I guess, bothered because there's always like 
clean laundry taking up space in the kitchen, a pile of dirty laundry that's like sitting with whatever, I don't know, muddy pants or clothes that have been changed, just sitting in a pile in the kitchen as you walk in. Dishes are just like laundry, never ending. Not terrible, but it just feels like there's just always dishes sitting there looking disgusting. Not like there's food on them. I just hate all the colorful kid dishes. I really do. I like my kitchen to look very neutral and I hate the colorful, obnoxious dishes that are always sitting there drying, but that's really an aesthetic thing. Less of a, but it's how you feel and how you feel. It is. And it's the same with the clothing. It's never that disorganized. It just, I feel like my kitchen's really beautiful when it's clean and it doesn't always shine the way that I would like it to. The shine. How would you say, as far as your partner, do you feel that it is more on your shoulders? Do you feel like your partner steps in as needed? Are you communicating what needs to be done in the kitchen? How do you see that? We're both really good at getting dishes all done before we go to bed. We don't dry them and put them away, but there is usually not that one sitting in the sink before we go to bed. Lee is... He's really good at doing the yard work too, which I don't care to mow the lawn or I don't know. I don't even know. Organize the garage, that stuff. Clean the hot tub, whatever. He does all of that stuff. So I think I do all the laundry, which I don't mind. And then we both just do the dishes, whoever happens to be in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Do the kids have responsibilities around dishes? Uh, The 12-year-old does. So he has daily like a couple daily chores, just like cleaning his room, putting away his laundry, things like that, doing his dishes or helping us put away or clean dishes as need be. And then Sunday is his big chore day. And how about the younger He's the dog poop cleaner and throws away all the trash and he vacuums the house and he groans about it the whole time, but he does it. Get it etiquette. He's been doing it now since he was like eight. So he's used to it. Me and Lee just talked about how we're going to teach him to mow the lawn soon. He's going to love it. And the two and four year old, do they have responsibilities? They just help clean up their toys, which is made into more of a game at the end of the night than a chore. But I feel like that's it. Birdie does like to occasionally help me dry the dishes, but I'm just redrying them when she's done. So I don't know if that counts. Sarah and I are hard at work in creating the Home CEO course. If you are interested in the Home CEO course and potentially being one of our founding members, you can go to noshameinthehomegame.com, Home CEO, and sign up for the waitlist to be notified as soon as it goes on sale. That's noshameinthehomegame.com backslash Home CEO. You're a business owner who cares more about people than profits, although you still want to make some money, of course. And that can feel mighty lonely. That's why I created Feminist Founders, a podcast that explores how to build a more equitable world through entrepreneurship. I'm Becky Mollenkamp, a coach and journalist, and I'm excited to bring you stories of people who, like you and me, are trying to change the business landscape for good. Check out Feminist Founders wherever you listen to podcasts. Part of my work, we're basing this podcast around one of my courses, which is Home Mm -hmm. CEO, which is the principle that your home is an organization. People and things 
come into a space. Yeah. And those people and things, they do activities, those items are used, things are maintained, there's systems, there's processes, mm-hmm. and then people and things go out. So there's a real flow, there's a structure. And a lot of times with families, when there ends up being tension or chaos or frustration, it's just because there's not a, there's no clarity around mm-hmm. the system and processes. And it sounds like you have a lot of amazing systems in place. It sounds like you know what's your priority. Your husband knows what your priorities are. So I actually don't hear a ton of confusion other than you would like the kitchen and laundry to be a little bit more organized, picked up. Ask a question real quick. With the you and the girls being home, you are going to be I mean, you are a doer. I joked with Joan. There's going to be days where Alex and Bertie and Babs show up at the house, and I'm cool with that. I was just joking about it. But you are going to naturally spend more time in your home. Are you worried about that? Because I feel like it could be really easy for those toys to encroach. Lee and I talked about this because we're going to go to Ikea tomorrow because I want... There's what was Bertie's old bedroom is now going to be an office, but also I keep calling it like a homeschool room. That's not true. Just like a, I don't know what we'll call it, but another place for us to hang out and do crafts and where some other toys will go. But I was like, we got to go to Ikea because I do not care for art supplies being all over the place. That's, she got this big painting easel like two Christmases like ago. And I was like, it's going in the basement because if I see paint (laughs) on the wall. I won't be that cool with it. Like it washes off, but as Lacey knows, I've painted those walls a thousand times. A thousand times. The colors were particularly picked out. I don't need kid paint on them. I'm curious as we're talking, or if you've already thought of going from full-time to now being at home and the two and the four-year-old will be home. Is there anything that is giving you a little bit of an emotional, like, tension, like a little clenching or like hesitation? Is there anything that you're concerned about? I would say, yeah, trying to figure out this like workspace in our house for them because they have both been in school for such a long time. I still want to keep some semblance of structured learning time, not anything super intense where it's here's the five worksheets we have to get through, blah, blah, blah but a place where we can sit and do a craft and work on their letters. That's not my living room and dining room that I do hold a little more sacred to keep all of the kids stuff, at least not obnoxiously out and about. Like our living room does have a plastic slide tucked away. It's got Ziploc baggies with all the tiny toys organized in there. There are toys there. They just try to go out of sight as much as possible when the kids aren't there. So I would like a room where the toys can be out and the paint and the art stuff can be there in some organized fashion. I'm not sure what that looks like yet. Hoping Ikea will help me. It may not. I think that's great that you're so intentional because so many problems start when we're not intentional about spaces and desires and what you need. And the kitchen is the most highly trafficked space in the household. And if you didn't put up those healthy boundaries, all that stuff you just mentioned would end up in the kitchen and spilling out from the kitchen. Everything mm-hmm. naturally, it's at, it's like gravity. It's like everything draws to the kitchen. And knowing that you already have the laundry in there and knowing that you already are not satisfied with the level of undoneness in that space, 
And it's not, it's never a judgment. It's what feels good to you. And you mentioned that undoneness level in that space. So that's great that you are intentionally saying, okay, when we're not eating or doing laundry, you will be in the activity room. Like you said, it's not hard and fast, but a structure. Like after breakfast, we go to the activity room and that that becomes the routine. So establishing those new routines. What I heard you say that I think is going to be something you can really anchor things around. I hear you saying a good AM routine and PM routine, making the beds in the morning, picking up the toys at night. You don't leave the dishes. Like I'm hearing that you already have this rhythm to your day that's pretty rooted and grounded. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage you with the that front room that you set up, if school day hours or however you want to call them, if they end at whatever, 4 p.m., because then you take a walk before dinner, picking up that space, having that set anchored time and knowing it's going to be a crap show in between opening and closing hours of that activity room (laughs) and being okay with that. And that will be great, again, to alleviate that stress in the kitchen laundry area. With the kitchen and laundry, you're saying it it feels a little undone with the laundry. Do you have like laundry reset days or is it just a running cycle of I'm always putting laundry in, taking laundry out? We did not have specific days set in place. I just took Monday as an entire laundry day and I probably did 18 loads. I don't like it was a lot of laundry that had Now, I had known in the last two weeks that I was going to have this week off. So I wasn't. I'm still not that diligent, but I probably wasn't as diligent. Usually on a Friday, me and Lee would both work from home. That would be one. No one ever went into the offices on Friday. So we'd get a couple loads in on Fridays if we had the time and then a few loads Sunday morning. But still for us, like so much of the clean laundry would just sit in piles and get like little bits put away as we had time through the week. So one of my big goals was, yeah, to, I always hear people say, do one load a day. I would like to do that. We're going to see. You're rolling your eyes as you say it really. It just sounds so, it sounds so much. I know one a day, but I know the terror of 18 loads in a day. And I don't need that again. So a couple ideas. One is find what works best for you. Maybe it's not one load a day. Maybe it's sheets are on Monday, towels are on Tuesday, whites are on, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. even have to be every day. You could space that out. Or maybe you realize you'd rather do 18 loads in a day or split it up into two days, but then also Mm -hmm. designating the days when the clean stuff is put away, but deciding Mm -hmm. maybe putting away needs to look different so that it doesn't feel as many steps, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe that whatever that putting away looks like, if rolling is taking a lot of time, then maybe that's the barrier to entry of getting the laundry back. The other thing that I would encourage too is, and this is, and I'm always very clear with everyone I talk to, this is not a gender thing. It just happens that you're four and two-year-old or girls. But since they're going to be home and there's going to be a routine and a rhythm to your day, teaching them, how do you strip a bed? Help mom carry the sheets downstairs. Obviously, they're not (laughs) going to start the load. They're not going to do the soap. But teaching age appropriate and showing them the rhythm of the household. Because one day, again, home CEO is the framework. 
they are going to be their own home CEO one day. So mm-hmm. if they, so those rules that we were talking about that your husband didn't really have, cause there was a lot going on in his house. And then you were given, it's interesting how you two are the ends of the spectrum. I'll say my parents were really intense, but they did not, they did all the cleaning though. They did not involve me in it. Like my mom did all the laundry, her particular way. My mom cleaned the rooms her particular way. And she would say, Alex, do it, but I would not do it right. And so she would just take it upon herself. So even though I grew up in a 10 house, it was my parents were so particular that they did it all. Oh, that's so interesting. And that's one thing. And I've read, I've actually read a study on it is that kids naturally want to help. You both have little kids. My son is 10 now, but I've experienced it too, is kids naturally, can I help? Can I help? Can I help? And really using that to your advantage. Yes, you might have to dry the dishes twice, but that's great that she is already practicing drying the dishes because she'll only get better at that. If you always Mm -hmm. say no, then they're going to be a 15, 16 year old having no idea how to dry a dish. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you can take that from your childhood of origin of my parents didn't teach me how to do it because they were particular and instead shifting that mentality to I'm going to teach them the foundational blocks of whatever it is, making a meal or cleaning up from. Yeah. I really love that. Cause like I said, my parents did not include me in it and it took me several years to learn the basics of cleaning really, or get into those habits. And really not till I lived with my best friend who was my roommate in college. And she just was furious with my lack of cleaning. And it was like, Oh, if I don't start doing better at this, we will not be friends. Oh, that's so interesting that you came from a 10, but then you hit this like tension point with a roommate. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's because my parents just did it. They just, if I left a mess, they just were like, oh, you left such a mess. I cleaned it up. You're like, okay, that's nice how everything just magically gets clean and life moves on. And so really until I was like, oh, it bothers people if you leave stuff around. So when you're setting up, I love that we're catching you right as you're setting up these spaces. When you are setting up that space, that's going to be where the kids spend their daytime. Thinking about whatever systems you put in place, is it accessible to the four and two-year-old? Can they put these items back and can they get them out by themselves? Set them up for success. So things that are, I know Ikea has, I can't remember the name, but you set it on its side and it has these cubbies, but it's a really low height that's really easy for that age group to get to. And you can even do two and mount them together. But Mm -hmm. again, the whole idea of being, nothing's too heavy that they can't lift it or even labeling it so that they can clearly see. I know they may Mm -hmm. not be completely reading yet, but if you even just do the first letter, that will help with the recognition. But again, keeping that PM routine of them learning how to pick up the space because they want to help. Lacey was telling me this beautiful story about, was it Iris or Isaac that Puts the dirty laundry away before you can even ask them to do it? Or is it? They both do it. They both do it. We have a little basket on the first floor that they know that if they take their socks off or have an accident or something like that, they put them in that little basket. 
And it's so funny to watch little Iris just be like, socks off, toddle over, put them in there and then go about her day. I don't know how we did this, but this is cool. <laughs> Building on those wins. I love that. I taught my, I can't, I actually don't remember when I started teaching my son to do laundry. And yeah, I mean, it was a lot of guardrails in the beginning, you know, me basically standing there watching him. But now Saturday's his laundry day. Saturday morning, I don't even have to ask him. He comes down for breakfast with his laundry basket. And sometimes he'll forget to actually start it. But he now knows Saturday is his laundry day. I don't have to remind him anymore. And he still has questions. I keep track of so many different things, whether it's from the middle, no shame in the home game, all of the different business ventures that are part of those things. And I also keep track of a lot of things in our household from things that we need to repair and do and flows, all of that stuff. And the thing that I use to do all of that is Notion. Notion is this amazing blank slate where you build your own app and database depending on what you need. They have some amazing templates to help you get started. But once you get in there and start using it, you see how things work and come together. And it is magic and easy and beautiful. It's like a to-do list meets a database with workflows. And then you can even get AI right into Notion to help you come up with words. And words are hard, because let's be honest, they are. We have a link for Notion to help you potentially. If you go to noshameinthehomegame.com backslash N-O-T-I-O-N, you can get a link into Notion and potentially sign up for a plan. They do have free plans and paid plans. If anything, go get a free plan because it is so cool and you'll fall in love like me and become a notion advocate. I felt like we've covered a lot. As I already told Lacey, I can talk about this all day long because I absolutely (laughs) love systems and structures and finding solutions. So tell me, having had this whole conversation, Alex, and thank you so much for sharing the inside workings of your home. I really appreciate you being willing to share that. Do you have any reflections or thoughts or anything that we haven't touched on that you want to touch on? Kind of a potpourri of anything's game. I think because we're right at the beginning of such a big transition that it's a little hard for me to, it's more just such an unknown that's on the other side of this leak that I'm like, right now I don't have any big concerns, but I might in two weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It will just be such a different yeah, rhythm than we are used to. We all, there's never a time when we don't have some room that we're working on, usually multiple, It, which is how we like our life. We just picked up a bunch of stuff for an outdoor fireplace today. It's all sitting in the car. Apparently we're going to put in a fireplace today. So... You are doer. You're both doer. doer. <laughs> that's great. But recognizing it and embracing it. And I think that's great. Yeah. So we just wake up and we're like, oh, what do we want to do today? And usually it's let's go on a hike. Let's do a project. Let's take the kids to the park. And I would encourage you if what we're talking about feels supportive, if you come upon as you go into the unknown, if you come upon tension points, pain points, something where you are pulling your just ugh, do some little voice memos to Lacey. Feel okay. free to share and we can come back with some more guidance support to kind of see how we can help you because this is really a journey of discovery. There's no one right answer for anybody. There's no one right answer. It's whatever works for you and your family. And like you said, it's the unknown. 
we get to figure it out together. We're drawing the map and using the tools. So I'm super excited if we can be part of your journey and help you. Yeah, I am too. We will. Yeah, we will see what it brings. Awesome. I I love it. I don't have any doubt that it's going to probably go pretty well because you have so many structures in place, but I will be curious to see if there are things that come up that you didn't foresee, which is life. It's just life. (laughs) I think it's so funny thinking about you, Alex, and like, Alex is a much more laid back parent than I am. And I'm a much more laid back, like home person. Like my house is messy. The aesthetics would be nice, but whatever. And so I just think that's so interesting because it wasn't until we were talking today that I was like, oh, we are a yin and yang on both of those things. Oh, that's, you know, I feel like you're a laid back parent in some ways. In some ways. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. I just realized that me and my sister are yin yang. My sister is extremely minimalist. She wants her kitchen a certain way. Like, very structured and she has four kids and she's very relaxed with her four kids. And I'm the opposite. My house is a lot more flowing. Like I have certain non-negotiables, but it's a lot more laid back, but I am pretty, yeah, I'm a little bit heavier on the parenting side as far as like how many rules I have. In, I have many more rules for being a parent than I do for running my house. Oh, that's very yeah. I think for me, I'm always just striving for everyone be calm, like mentally calm. We can go be like moving around and like doing all the things, but I just need everyone to be like mellow and keeping my house clean enough. I know keeps me from thinking of all the things I have to do. Cause like for me, I can't just see a giant pile of laundry. Like that. Like, <laughs> now it's in it. Yeah. That would bother me. Lacey. <laughs> does it bother, but does it bother you that it's in Lacey's house? No, that would. but if it was like, if someone saw that behind me, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Hold on. Let me call you in 10 minutes. I'm just going to do it now because it's, yeah, it's an, I need every, yeah, I just need everything white and not white, but just like everything needs to be calm or else I'll be like, oh, I got to do that right now or else it's going to just bother me. You just highlighted, which I think is awesome. I always tell my clients, it's not about how it looks. It's about how it feels. And you just said yours, mentally calm and mellow. Yeah, which is why I feel like our basement and certain cabinets and things are not organized. I don't have to see them. I'm chill. Now, if for some reason all the doors were stripped away and we were in a very open concept, we'd have to create some systems. (laughs) Oh, my husband, who I adore, when we first moved in together, he wants every, his ideal home would be everything's on a pegboard so he could literally see everything. Mm-hmm. He wanted to convert our bedroom where we slept. He wanted to just make one wall a closet so you'd always see your clothes, not put a door in front of it or anything. And I was like, <laughs> You're describing my nightmare. I want, yeah, I want everything behind the door and shut. Like, I don't care mm-hmm. what it looks like behind, but he wants to see everything so that was so funny when you said, if we had to open up all the doors, it would be a different story. Yeah. Like we got our ca- kitchen cabinets like painted and new ca- cabinet doors put on maybe two years ago. I forget. But yeah, they had, they took off the old doors and went somewhere with them. And then I just had to look at the Tupperware containers all disheveled and the colorful kids cups and drawers of pens that I'll never <laughs> use and just... 
But I was like, go into the kitchen. Go into the kitchen. As long as there's a door on it, it doesn't bother you. Yeah. It's been a few weeks since our first chat with Alex. She sent us an update. This is a check-in after her first full week as a stay-at-home mom. So let's take a listen on how it went. The house, it's just becoming a lot. Being home with the girls all day. The dining room is like slowly turning. Like the table is just crap is set all over it. Dishes are mostly clean but piling up. I don't know, laundries forever, whatever. Either way, so my snippet from transitioning to stay-at-home mom and also home management for the week is just that things are a lot messier. And so I'm trying to use this time when Babs naps as like my cleaning time, but it's like, where do I even start? Which my only thought is, okay, I start in one corner of the room and slowly work my way around, I guess. We are going to continue Alex's story in a few weeks. A little bit of a cliffhanger. Now, Sarah and I are going to wrap this episode up. We are going to conclude our podcast with a moment of gratitude and backstory on the origin. If you watched The Daily Show when Jon Stewart was the host, he did the moment of Zen. And that is embedded in my DNA for the rest of my life, the moment of Zen. And then if you add that to when I was in college, I had a roommate and every night when we would go to bed, she would ask me, what was the favorite part of your day? And I really looked forward to that time every day because college is tough. You're tired. You're going a million directions. Things feel stressful, even though P.S. college, you has no idea what real stress can really look like. But I really, I looked forward to it. And then I learned later on in life that gratitude is like a muscle and that it's about cultivating gratitude. And the more you do that, the more you have gratitude. And the opposite is true. If you don't utilize that muscle, then you stop having appreciation for things. And so that is something that I carry in my life every day as a practice. So Moment of Zen plus favorite part of your day equals moment of gratitude on No Shame in the Home Game. So I am. Uh, can I add a little yes, thing too? Of, yes. We talk a lot about how when things are going well, you don't notice it. And I think it's important for us to talk about the things that are going well so we can notice it and appreciate it to really have perspective on the parts that we don't feel like we're going well and try to put shame on ourselves for. Faux show. Absolutely. And a little bit more on that too. I always, my, sometimes my son has a hard time picking, picking out things he's appreciative of Mm -hmm. and it's, can you, and then I'll pick something out. Can you imagine today if we didn't have flushing toilets, what would your day have looked like? Can you imagine today if you didn't have shoes to put on your feet, what would your day have looked like? So again, just those, yeah, like you said, when things are going well, you don't notice it. It's just Mm -hmm. all those little things that actually make our lives easier that we just they just start blurring in the background. So Lacey, I invite you. I want to hear your moment of gratitude. I'm going to be really cheesy right now, but my moment of gratitude is for Sarah and this project. That's my dog, Indy, but I'm going to keep talking. I was a grumpus coming into this. I was very grumpy, very tired, not feeling it. And then just talking to her and talking through the coolness that I think is this podcast, I'm feeling great. And I'm feeling good for it. The other part of it is Sarah and I both are letting each other be who we are in this process and trying to not pressure each other. And that's really cool. I'm really grateful for that. I'm also grateful for that 
stupid dog that I love so much barking right now. <laughs> I, ha- I have come to know and love Indy through actually the middle podcast when you'll reference Indy in the middle. And I'm like, yeah. I know Indy. Yeah. I love Indy. His feet walking around or every once in a while, he like decides he's going to be up in my business when I'm recording. And then he breathes heavily only when I'm recording. I like stop and I'm like, bro, go lay down. And then he stops. And then I come back to record and he's breathing really heavily again. Whatever. Okay. That's Indy. And this is my world. And you all can hear it. Yeah. Is we're behind the curtain. We, we are. are behind the curtain. Yeah. And I'm going to double down on the cheese. And <laughs> I think we'll have to agree going forward. Our moment of gratitude. We will. Uh, yes. We'll go outside of we'll the cheese zone. Yeah. Yes. But I was thinking today how grateful I am for Lacey and for her co-host and production of this podcast, because this is a dream of mine. I I wanted to do this for so long, but I just don't have the skill set or the know-how or the tool chest to do this. So not only having Lacey to produce it, but just to share my time with Lacey, like you're the best coworker anyone could ask. If I could, I was walking, I was actually outside walking. My day, my day also started out grumpest. I was outside walking, just clearing myself with my dog. And I just thought if I could just record podcasts with Lacey and just do some speaking gigs, I would be so happy. If that was how my week looked every week, that would be awesome. So I'm glad that I get to do this with you. And Heck yeah. future me, future me is going to be just doing this with you and some motivational speaking opportunities. <laughs> love it. Love everything about it. Absolutely. And we hope that you take a moment of gratitude sometime today too. And then we also take hope that you take a moment of gratitude and maybe review us, follow us on your podcast platform of choice. We've got lots of cool things coming up for you to be able to get more resources from us and No Shame in the Home Game merch is coming as well and just all kinds of stuff. So Stay tuned for all of that. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Lacey. Thanks for listening to No Shame in the Home Game. We hope you can take a little nugget to use in your own home. Remember to subscribe to the podcast in your player of choice, like us on social media, rate and review, and share with all of your friends. You can always visit joyfulsupportmovement.com to learn more about No Shame in the Home Game and the other Joyful Support podcasts. While you're there, you can join the newsletter or sign up for the Joyful Support Village. Now go out there and spread joy.